This is Crypto Radio, powered by MoneyWeb, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. Richard D'Souza is the founder of Altcoin Trader, one of the largest crypto exchanges in South Africa. Richard, welcome. First of all, we'd nice to have you back again at the beginning of 2021. Kieran, thanks very much for having me on the show once again. We had a lot of good feedback on our last podcast and the article we covered in MoneyWeb on how you financed the purchase of a house using Ethereum. Quite a few things have happened since then. You're introducing a feature called Easy Save. Let's talk about that, where you can earn interest on your cryptos up to 10.7%, I think, if you're using Tron, and 4% if you've got Bitcoin. Am I correct in that? That's 100%, Kirin, and it's very exciting for us because that is a product that is officially launching to the public today. Um, we've had a soft launch, and it's been a tremendous uptake. A lot of people using it, very excited about the product. But today it launches um, on our site, and anyone will be able to use it. All right, so just talk about Easy Save is a way that you're going to interest on your crypto. Is it different from staking? Well, it is different from staking in as much as it takes all the complexity out. So behind the scenes, what's actually happening is we are taking that crypto and we are staking it with third parties. So we are taking care of all the technical sides, trying to get the best yield and doing what a lot of people battled with in DeFi is actually turning a profit and staking successfully. So we've just centralized the process. You put your coins up and we will then stake them and bring the return to our clients. All right. Maybe just explain staking. Give us a simple explanation for that. Well, cryptocurrencies in general, because uh, the alternative financial system is now bleeding into the traditional financial system, we have got to a point where DeFi and a lot of the things that are happening in crypto and basically the fact that crypto is no longer static. It's no longer a situation where you have value and you leave it lying around and you earn no interest. With the onset of DeFi, people being able to take loans, people being able to pay interest on those loans, obviously people that are putting up the cash collateral and the capital are now able to get interest for the crypto that they are putting up. So staking comes in many ways, shapes and forms, but it's just financial mechanisms that allow people to earn interest on their crypto. I think an interesting point to make about that staking, if you're earning, let's say, 4% at Bitcoin and you bought Bitcoin maybe at uh, 200,000 Rand, you're earning 4% at that. As the value of that Bitcoin starts to appreciate, that 4% is also appreciating, right, on your initial capital investment. Absolutely. Because you're earning interest on the asset that you've invested, of course, you're getting not only the 4% growth, but you're getting the massive increase that we're seeing in Bitcoin, especially over the last couple of weeks. Okay, so that's quite an interesting thing and quite an exciting development that you can now earn some interest on. So you don't have to sell, you don't have to trade, you can start earning actually and, and growing incrementally your crypto. Absolutely. You can grow your portfolio portfolio simply by holding your crypto on altcoin trader in the staking or in the savings account right and at tron you're offering 10.7 percent i mean there's banks won't be able to offer that now just explain what tron is so tron is an alternative you know coin it's an altcoin it has smart function smart contract functionality very similar to ethereum and there is quite a huge following for the tron network it's got smart contracts it's got um DeFi, it's got decentralized exchanges. So, of course, with Tron, you can actually stake the Tron yourself. 
Now, what's interesting here is that if you stake Tron yourself, you can earn probably 6 to 7%. And we're in a position where we can actually pay our clients 10%. So if you're thinking, how is that possible? Obviously, we have a large amount of Tron, and we are able to stake that, all of that Tron. It is very stake, uh, safe to stake Tron because you always retain custody of the actual crypto asset. So because of the volume that we've got, we are able to outpace traditional staking. And of course, as more and more of our clients stake and we're no longer able to offer that 10% or 11%, whatever it is, we will then decrease the rates. But I don't think we can, for the foreseeable future, see it dropping under 6%. Okay. What kind of a year did Alcorn Trader have? Was it your best year ever? It wasn't actually our best year ever, believe it or not. 2017 was our best year ever. I think that what happened with Altcoin Trader in 2020, of course, we saw a lot of institutional money flowing into the space, and that didn't really help local South African exchanges. It's only lately, the last couple of days, certainly 2021, is looking very, very promising, where we've seen a lot of retail investors actually come in, and Bitcoin has reached um, sort of a frenzy state, and people are buying, selling, and trading it. So 2021, to this point, has been very, very good. The, just the last week, I mean, the, the, the last few weeks, that's that's when you've seen the big uptake, is that right? That's where we've seen the big uptake. But look, having said that, let me just qualify that statement. When we hit level five lockdown, I think what we saw is a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands sitting at home looking at ways that they could actually provide for their families, looking at investments. So we saw a dramatic uptick. So to answer that question, 2020 was certainly our second best year ever. Okay, in terms of profitability, is it? In terms of profitability, you know, clients that have come onto the exchange, interaction between our clients and just, you know, a wide spectrum of sort of things that we're using to monitor that. Maybe talk about what do you think some of the big trends to watch are in 2021? Last time you were on, you mentioned decentralized finance or DeFi. You also explained this very fascinating concept where you were able to borrow money using your Ethereum as collateral and you purchased a house. Is this one of the things to look out for? I certainly think it is. What we've seen with DeFi is we saw a massive boom in the third quarter of 2020. And then, of course, DeFi got a bit of a, the name was tainted slightly because we saw a lot of projects that were just absolutely exploiting the space to make profit. And that is very similar to what we saw in 2017 with the ICOs. We saw a lot of projects that had no real value coming out and a lot of investors putting money into these projects and getting burnt. With DeFi, we saw a similar scenario because Tokens were being created out of thin air that didn't have much value. But DeFi is certainly a very, very big development that we can expect to see continuing. It is by no means, shape or form going to go away. And I personally think that as soon as we've flushed out a lot of these projects that are not um, tangible and don't offer real world value, we are going to see a massive uptake in DeFi. Obviously, DeFi is something that is, it's an alternative financial system that is going to start overlapping the traditional financial system, as we've seen with loans and what I've managed to do in the DeFi space. Just before we came on here, you were talking about crypto not being just about Bitcoin and about the value that's in, in Bitcoin that we've seen over the last few weeks. It's a revolution. Do you see that this is going to overwhelm the financial system the, that we understand, the traditional financial system? Absolutely. That will happen. But I think what is often misunderstood yeah, is the time frames that this will happen. You know, 
obviously we have a financial system which has been built over many, many decades and is firmly entrenched in the psyche of everybody. So we actually need another generation to come up and to adopt cryptocurrencies. So while I do believe that cryptocurrency is a revolution and as I said last time, it is a way to separate the state from finances, this is not going to happen and it's not going to really explode in our lifetime. We need another generation to come in, but it is going to change everything we know about finance. Just talk then about, the, for people who missed the last podcast, how you financed the 650,000 Rand house using Ethereum and how it ended up costing you only about 200,000. That's a fairly fascinating story. Just explain how that works. Well, just to, to recap, Obviously, I found a property that I wanted to buy, and it wasn't anything special. It was a 650,000 rand property. I went through the traditional system, and I tried to get finance for that property. The banks came back after getting my FICA and me filling out a lot of forms. And they basically said, Richard, we can see that affordability is not a problem, but you are overexposed, and we cannot, as responsible bankers, offer you any assistance or any finance to acquire this property. It was at that point that I started looking for alternatives. Now, if you have some collateral, you are able to take a decentralized loan. In other words, and what this really means is that you are able to access the value of your crypto without selling it. Now, that is important because what we've seen is crypto is constantly growing in value. So to swap one asset for another asset, in my opinion, is to remain poor. But to leverage one asset to acquire more wealth is a breakthrough that we have not seen and not been able to see in the traditional financial system. So what I simply did was take a decentralized loan using my cryptocurrency as collateral, bought the property, of course, the attorneys and the conveyances, everyone involved didn't see this leg of the transaction because it was all done outside of the traditional financial system. They saw me bringing the cash, buying the property, getting the title deed. I then was able to use the rent from that property to pay back this decentralized finance loan, which you don't have to pay back. It is optional because you are basically taking the loan against your collateral. But very quickly, the price of Ethereum skyrocketed. And just by me not selling the collateral or the Ethereum, I was able to sell a small portion and pay it off. And that was what was so exciting and revolutionary in the space and how I actually acquired a property without a traditional loan. Very interesting. And uh, and it's paid off now, is it? I mean, you fully it, paid off. It is paid off, absolutely paid off. Of course, I continue to use the cryptocurrency, the collateral to take loans to, um, you know, acquire additional assets. So it's sort of, I always compare it to an access bond. It's been paid off multiple times and I use it multiple times. I use it whenever I need to access the value of my cryptocurrency. Okay. Talk now generally about crypto and what we've seen over the last year. I mean, if you cast your mind back to the beginning of 2020, would you have predicted that Bitcoin would end up 300% more, you know, at the end of the year, that Ethereum would be up more than 500% in RAND terms? Well, a lot of people say, look at the prices, we can't believe it. But hmm. let's go back to the fact that we know Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general works in four-year cycles. So there were a lot of people that were expecting this and to a certain extent is not a huge surprise. So we are expecting 2021 to be, it is the fourth year in the cycle to be a phenomenal year for Bitcoin. People often ask me, what do you think is going to happen? And I say, Bitcoin's going to crash right down to about 700,000 per coin. 
And you know, that is really what will happen because after the highs that we're expecting, when it reaches 700,000, we won't have people going, oh, wow, this is such an amazing investment. It's way up at 700,000. We will have mainstream media and we'll have people saying Bitcoin has crashed. So that's why I say it'll probably crash round, down to around about 700 odd thousand per coin. <laughs> All right. And of course, the current price today is 540. Correct, yes. Right, so, right. so we go. And it's been up to 600 and uh, about 640,000. It's been up, I've, I've seen 625, 630. I would have to check our exact stats, but it's been in that region, yes. Right. So you see a crashing to 700. So it'll probably shoot to a million and then crash or something like that. Th- that is certainly a probable, you know, the prediction. It is going to go over a million, I believe, probably this year. And then we can see a healthy retracement. So, you know, there's only upside from here, in my opinion, for 2021 with cryptocurrency. And then after, you know, we enter and we start leaving the four-year cycle, we can expect to see crypto going up. But if you zoom out on the charts, what you will see is that Bitcoin, cryptocurrency in general, at least the solid projects are just constantly rising. There's ups, there's downs, like with anything, but it is a steady uptick. Okay, you know, we've seen big banks like JP Morgan, uh, Citibank, Bank of America, all starting to show quite some interest in cryptos generally. Now, the CEO, Jamie Dimon, was calling it a fraud just two years ago. Are they starting to soften up? Is this a train that they just cannot get enough of right now? Well, I think one of the major catalysts that caused this attitude change, if we'd like to put it that way, is the fact that big companies, you know, micro strategies, companies like that, started to realize that the millions of US dollars that they had on their balance sheet was like melting ice cubes. That's a quote from him. And what basically happens is they are going to lose a substantial amount of their value because these dollars are becoming less and less as the American authorities print more. So they are looking for safe havens for stores of value, which traditionally we know was always gold. But now, of course, Bitcoin is a very exciting store of value. So these companies have put small amounts of their balance sheet into Bitcoin and seen massive, massive returns, which, of course, starts a cycle of them wanting to put more, you know, because Bitcoin rewards savers and it's not like traditional fiat that punishes you for saving. Do you see anything on the horizon that could disrupt this magnificent ride that cryptos have provided in the last year or so? Is there any real risk coming up? Well, of course, you know, with any new technology, there's always substantial risk. And there are a lot of Bitcoin skeptics. There are a lot of people that think Bitcoin, you know, is backed by nothing. And that type of sort of attitude and people suspecting that that is the case, it will allow a lot of authorities sort of leeway to play on that. But Bitcoin is extremely resilient. Cryptocurrency is by nature one of the most resilient technologies we've ever seen. So I don't think that there is anything that can stop uh, mass adoption for these cryptocurrencies. But what I'm trying to say is that there are certainly things that can hamper the inevitable growth of crypto. How are banks going to feature in all of this in in the cryptosphere? Uh, are they eventually going to have to embrace it uh, or are some of them just going to ignore it and fall by the wayside or are we going to sort of coexist, two universes operating in parallel? I certainly think in our lifetime we're going to coexist. We will see the two, you know, sort of financial systems. I always call it the alternative financial system and the traditional financial system. We will see them working both independently. But to answer your question directly, I foresee 
that cryptocurrency will become widely available and widely adopted by the banks. It's not long until you will be able to go to a local ATM or to log into your bank account and buy cryptocurrencies, exactly like what PayPal have done. I think the four major banks, and in fact all the banks in South Africa, are going to have to start offering these services. As soon as one bank starts to offer the services, the pressure will be on the others because we will see clients moving two banks that are staying relevant and are offering these crypto services. So one of the big trends to watch out for this year is decentralized finance and and maybe just sort of explain what's already available on decentralized finance. You can borrow, you can lend money and earn interest, you can do all sorts of fancy financial transactions. You know, what is actually happening is the alternative financial system is mimicking the traditional financial system because it knows what people need. So certainly you can lend money to purchase assets, you can borrow, you know, you can save money and you can get a return on your investment. You can take out insurance. There are a host of things that are available. A lot of these technologies are, of course, in their infancy. So there's a lot of trial and error currently happening in the space. But ultimately, there are a lot of good products that are giving real world value right now. And people are using it. People are adopting it. MakerDAO, the guys that are leading the forefront with the Oasis loans, are constantly providing more liquidity because the demand is constantly growing. It was just the other day out of interest. Um, they had used up the millions, I think it's 560 odd million US dollar that was available for loaning and they had to lift that. Don't quote me on those exact figures, but they had to put more liquidity in because the demand for the loans was so huge. Oasis, of course, being the platform where you went and borrowed the money for Correct. This house that you purchased. And Oasis is sort of the, 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 have the first mover advantage. They are the most trusted, in my opinion, uh, platform to take loans, and they've got one of the lowest interest rates. But it's worth noting that there are many, many platforms where you can lend and borrow cryptocurrencies. What about Alcoin Trader? What can we expect from Alcoin Trader this year? We are certainly going to be rolling out a lot of financial products for the alternative financial system. The first of that being, of course, the savings product. But very soon you can expect to see a lot of additional products like the ability to loan, um, you know, with using your cryptocurrency as collateral. That is something that we're looking at rolling out on our platform and just making crypto useful for the man on the street. Just talk about the, the ability to borrow. What, what kind of interest rates would you charge? I mean, because crypto is an international thing. Uh, you know, the, the rates at which you borrow for a mortgage bond in South Africa would be what at the moment? Maybe 10 or 12% or something like that. What percentage would you be paying in cryptos? Well, you know, there's a lot of thought that needs to be put into a product like that. But it will probably be somewhere around about um, 10%. It could be 8 uh, could be 12 but the idea behind this is that if people can uh, take a loan against their collateral, and of course they'll, it'll depend on what crypto they're using as collateral, but if they can take a loan, it means that altcoin trader will be earning interest, which means that once again, we will be able to allow and we will be able to pay that interest out to people that are putting their crypto up as collateral. So that is the mechanism that will balance the interest rate for both lending and borrowing. So it'll be market related. You, you, it'll be based on supply and demand. Correct. Absolutely. Would that put you under the the eye of, you know, or the, the jurisdiction of the Banks Act? And, you know, would you then fall under additional regulatory scrutiny because you're lending money? Well, 
are we lending money or are we lending cryptocurrency? You see, that is the question because right now we are always going to work within the framework that is set out by um, the South African authorities. So we are not lending money. We are lending cryptocurrency, which can be converted to money. And cryptocurrency has always been available to be converted to money. So people will not have a RAND loan, for example. They would have a cryptocurrency loan and that cryptocurrency loan would need to be paid back in the cryptocurrency that they loaned. Richard D'Souza, let's leave it at that for the moment. Fascinating discussion. Thanks for coming in. Kieran, thanks very much for having me.